the doctor came to me and said, hey, your, your kid is um, facing some like chronic levels of stress here. Like this is really concerning. Like, you know, this is, this might be negatively impacting their ability to do their work, you know, like connect with their peers, um, gonna impact, you know, their digestion, their sleep. And, and you know, here's like some five minute like breathing exercises that you could do every day that could really help combat that. Um, I think every parent would be all over that, right? So why can't we have the same level of respect and care for ourselves? Hey everyone, welcome back to Answering Legals Everything Except the Law podcast. I'm your host, Nick Worker. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the podcast where we share expert advice on all the parts of running a law firm that attorneys weren't exactly trained for back in law school. Uh, now, 2020 has obviously been a very stressful year. That goes without saying for a wide variety of different reasons. Uh, so we've decided that for this episode, instead of offering advice on what you need to be doing to grow your firm or make your clients happy or anything like that, we're going to be focusing a little bit on self-care. Uh, joining us today on the podcast are a pair of attorneys who earlier this year teamed up to create an organization called The Legal Burnout Solution. Uh, Rebecca Howlett and Cynthia Sharp, welcome to the show. Now, I promise I'm not going to call you Rebecca and Cynthia ever again, but for the purpose of introducing you, I, I, I had to. So Becky and Cindy, welcome to the show. Um, if you guys could introduce yourselves, tell me a little bit about your background, how you guys kind of um, got involved together stuff like that. All right, well, well I'll, I'll start. Since, since, I'm, since I'm the oldest, I'll, I'll take the platform first. <laughs> I'm Cindy Sharp. Um, I uh, practiced law for close to 30 years, up until about 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, I sold my small law practice, uh, estate and elder law. I sold it to my partner and I founded the Sharper Lawyer. For the past 10 years, I've been helping attorneys uh, generate more revenue for their law firms. And I'm going around the country giving uh, CLE presentations. And so uh, I was then privileged in March to meet Becky. And so let me turn the floor over to my partner, Becky Hallett, and let her tell us a little bit more about how we met. Thanks, Cindy. And thanks so much, Nick, for having us on. We're really looking forward to this conversation. But again, I'm Becky Hallett. I'm an attorney and also a certified meditation instructor. I live in Kansas City. I'm from Kansas City originally, but I've actually lived um, all over the place. I worked in DC for about three and a half years at the start of my legal career. Uh, and my expertise and experience is actually in federal Indian law and tribal law. Uh, so kind of an interesting niche. And uh, you were asking me about this background earlier, Nick. This is actually uh, from Navajo Nation, uh, one of my former clients I got to work for. Um, but yeah, uh, my background was that I got depressed and anxious for the first time in law school. And that kind of followed me into a practice as a young attorney. And as I mentioned, um, I was working in DC in big law actually kind of the perfect storm uh, to develop some some problems, if you will. So uh, that's what really kind of led me down the path of practicing meditation and mindfulness. And that's what I, you know, one of the tools that I really use to overcome burnout for myself, 
as well as you know struggling with mental health issues like depression, anxiety, um, complex PTSD. And so as Cynthia mentioned, we actually met um, kind of at the height of pandemic pandemonium, if you will, in March of this year. And um, yeah, we just were like kindred spirits and came together and unbeknownst to us at the time, had kind of this mutual interest in mindfulness and just meditation practices. Um, you know, Cynthia has been exposed to this since the 70s and has utilized it. So we just kind of came together and launched this initiative because we really felt like, hey, uh, attorneys are super stressed out, especially right now. Um, and we just really wanted to to change that and to try to give people tools to help empower them to to change that because as Cynthia and I both feel you know um, we don't have to we don't have to live this way we don't have to be so stressed out and always in survival mode and constantly going so yeah we've actually never met in person yeah, I just find that to be so amazing, and yet we talk almost every day. Um, on the weekends, we try to take off. Uh, we're, we're not always successful. Believe it or not, we actually meditate together at the same time every morning at 8 a.m. Now, it's interesting. My husband has asked me, because I just go into a room, and, she, and he says, well, how do you know she's there? And the fact of the matter is that that we do and it's been amazing how that the 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 commitment that we've made to even that and to the other practices has it, it really increased our synchronicity when when becky when i approached becky about uh teaching an elimination of bias course with me because that was one of the presentations i was giving on, on the day that i met becky she told me that she was very interested but i really didn't see it coming when she said i'd rather teach mindfulness and since i'm a long time mindfulness practitioner um i i, I said okay and it's and i think about that if it weren't for the pandemic I'm not sure that we would have really been able to start this business because um, I probably would have been out running around doing other things. And, um, and so we actually decided to, um, there's a, a phrase that I heard many years ago, and, and it's called ready, fire, aim. And yeah. So, so we really just decided, why don't we see if there's an interest? Let's see that if there are, if people are interested in attorney wellness and are they interested in learning about meditation? And we've been overwhelmed by the response. And so what we did is we started out by giving some presentations to some bar associations. The first one that we gave, we had, what was it, 268 people show up wow. uh, right in that range. And we said, huh, I think we might be onto something on that. And, um, and, and then on from there, we started our own formal community um, in June of this year. And um, so here we are. That is so awesome. Um, and uh, the similar 
timeline, right? So in March, uh, well, actually not in March. So in March, I started working from home. Uh, I think I lasted here until like February 28th. Um, and then everybody went home. I'm in New York. It was bad here. So we all, we all went home. Uh, but uh, like, like I had mentioned before I hit the record button talking with you guys, I personally struggled with, you know, not seeing anybody being isolated. And I had a, I had difficulty drawing the line between work and, and like relaxation in my house. Um, and so one of the ways that I sort of combated that was I started practicing meditation. Um, so this topic that you guys are, are talking about is something that really helped me get through a tough time um, because, and, and it was a funny story, like uh, I wanted to start meditating. It got recommended to me because I was having anxiety and, and depression issues. And somebody was like, well, why don't you try? Um, I know I have the Calm app. That's where I'm going with this. But there's another app. Oh, Headspace. It was like, why don't you try Headspace? So I look up Headspace and they're like, they want like 130 bucks for the year. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm cheap. I'm a cheap person, um, especially when it comes to myself. I'm not good at like spending money on myself. And I looked at the Calm app. I'm like, eh, maybe. And I woke up the next morning and they had sent me a coupon for like half off. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, universe, send me a sign. I need this. I'm going to start meditating. And the first meditation that I did was like two, two and a half minutes long. It was about, um, it was like a emergency anxiety meditation. And afterwards, like two and a half minutes, I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty good for two and a half minutes. And I started taking a course that was like uh, the 28 days of calming anxiety, but it teaches you different techniques. And, and so I want to meditate with you guys. You guys seem like a lot of fun but I actually do meditate. I found that it really helps me, especially when I do it in the beginning of the day, as, as I sort of like, you know, get ready to tackle my day. It's, it's, it's important for me to not just hit the, hit the floor running and, and, and join the rat race right away. Um, so we, I, I kind of understand how you guys came to be, but why do you guys feel it's so important for lawyers, especially to be engaging in, in normalizing discussions about wellness related topics like burnout, like depression, like anxiety, um, and sort of the things that they can do to, I'm not going to say cure, because obviously it's, it's, it's progressive in, in both, in both areas, in both, uh, recovering and, 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 and headed down the wrong path. Um, but like assuaging those sort of, uh, what do you call that? symptoms yeah yeah i mean it's just so common like it's almost a joke at this point when i tell people what i do and then they're just like oh yeah i know an alcoholic attorney mm -hmm. like, oh such and such in my family oh you know this friend of mine um and it's like when i talk to attorneys and then i tell them that i'm not practicing anymore they go oh that makes sense because you're so happy i mean it's funny yeah, and it's just like, it's like literally every time. So it's become this, you know, inside joke. But again, like something I feel like uh, it doesn't have to be this way. Like the culture doesn't have to be this way. So we often cite to this like really phenomenal study done in 2016. It was the Hazel Buddy Ford Foundation and also ABA's, you know, lawyer 
commission. Um, and it found that like, let's see, I've got the stats here. 20 to 36% of attorneys would be considered problem drinkers. Wow. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much you do with like stats and it, but like, I always feel like a, a reported stat is always like higher in reality than what's yeah. reported. So if it's like, okay, we're almost, we're above one third. And then I'm looking at like, you know, national health organizations just talking about the added stress of the pandemic. And I saw a stat several months ago saying that like, oh, reported instances of stress related, like depression, anxiety were up by like 40%. And so it's like, okay, if we're going to combine these epic rates of like substance abuse, depression, anxiety, like in the legal field, and then we're putting the pandemic on top of it, I mean, it, I think we'd just be kidding ourselves to think that it's not just a really grave state of affairs right now. And, and to give some perspective on that statistic on problem drinking is that the 20 to 35% is that nationally, the, the percentage of people in the general public uh, po population that suffer from substance use disorder is just about 11%. Um, and, and by the way, something that, that I didn't mention yet is that I'm a recovering alcoholic. I just celebrated in September uh, 11 years of sobriety. And, um, and I know that my mindfulness practice has played a big part as it's now I needed to go to rehab to get sober. Um, but the mindfulness practice has been a tool that they emphasized there and that I have uh, carried out. Um, now, admittedly, since Becky and I started this community, my practice has got um, much more structured and much more regular um, because you know, people would know if I weren't practicing, and uh, that's what I need to be doing. Um, and, and also, you know, Nick, you mentioned that you used an app. Now, I also use an app, believe it or not. I there's there's one in particular that I enjoy. There's a lot of good ones out there, and we do endorse them. Um, I do come one day, drop into our community. We have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For me, it's a, become a big part of my social outreach because we, you're, we're, we do have discussion periods. So I think you really enjoy it. I definitely would. And uh, people don't, coincidences are a weird thing that happened to me, I find often. Um, Synchronicities. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, I can't believe you just said that. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Um, but the reason that I found mindfulness is, is through a friend because I'm also in a 12-step fellowship. So congratulations mm -hmm. on your 11 years. Um, I will have three years in three days. Oh, so I will also be celebrating. Oh, that's just fabulous. And it's, it just it changes your life. Mm -hmm. and, and it changes the lives of the people that you love. And, and then what you find is a, as you progress, because every year gets better, is then just the ability to be of service to others in, in, in every way, not just in returning to the community, but in every way, so gratifying. Yep. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you. And, and, and I, I thank you for sharing that as well. Um, so 
I think it's it's staggering, especially in the, in the legal community, how normal it is to work like 80 plus hours a week. Um, and I have friends who became lawyers and they love it and they make a lot of money and, and, uh, and I'm not faulting them for that. I, I don't fault anybody for wanting to better themselves, make a good living and work hard. Um, but I definitely understand the need to sort of combat the burnout, which I feel like is, is what you guys do. Um, and because the legal community has such, uh, has such a stigma around it where you need to be working harder, you need to put in more hours, you need to wake up at five and go to bed at 2 a.m. Um, and just outwork the competition. So I know those are some of the bigger misconceptions, but what are, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that, that people often have about uh, occupational burnout? It's obviously, especially in the legal community, but, but in general as well. The biggest one that I see is just this misconception about what, how, how dire the problem really is, and that if you just take like a couple days off, like a long weekend or something, that you're going to be better. And it just doesn't work like that. It's, you know, the the process of getting burnt out is kind of a slow creep. Like it happens over time, and so you know, it's also going to be a process over time to get out of that and get back to kind of this like equilibrium. Right. Cynthia, do you have anything else on that? Yeah. And, and you know, one of the, uh, uh, one of the points you made, Nick, about attorneys working so hard, it's, it's, it's as if it's a badge of honor. Like, like I, I know I started out in big law and that was in 1982. I started in big law in Philadelphia. And it was, if you weren't there on the weekends, you, there was big trouble. I mean, everybody went out on the weekends. And so it's a badge of honor. And so what this type of um, culture then, it, it ingrains secrecy in you because you don't want to show your vulnerability. So that's one of the misconceptions about burnout is that, is that don't tell anybody and, and that you're better off not seeking help. That Oh, if you're burnt out, that's a sign of weakness, a sign of, of vulnerability. Keep that stiff upper lip. But I argue to the contrary, that people who actually do seek help, that, that do deny that really insidious misconception that they're the ones that are going to be the strong ones. And, and here's, here's another misconception is that it's only me. And I think that if you would think about other attorneys that you think are so aggressive, so strong, just so, so solid, that you may not, you may remember the old adage, don't judge a book by its cover. And because that cool exterior may just be covering up a real hot mess. And, you know, the, the main cause, here's what a lot of people think about burnout, is that the main cause of burnout is working too many hours. It's a factor, those 60, 80 hour consistent weeks, it is a factor, but there's other factors that come into play. And think about if this sounds familiar to you, unmanageable workload. 
Have you ever been there? And that's that combination of really long hours and too many tasks. And so the studies show that, that occupationally that burnout increases at 50 hours a week, that it really goes up at 60 hours a week. But the factors that are the real defining causes is lack of engagement in your work. So that means it just isn't important to you any longer. And, um, and then also not feeling like you're being respected. The, the pressures and the deadlines that, that are put on attorneys externally are bad enough. But I think sometimes some attorneys can be a cause of some of their own problems, and that's through procrastination. <laughs> because if you think about procrastination, you know, putting off until tomorrow, which you should do today. And, and, I, and I hear, here's what I've heard so many who procrastinate. Oh, I am a former procrastinator, by the way, so I can talk about this, is that that's, I do my best work at the last minute. And my question to those people, how would you know? You know, when is the last time yeah. you didn't do your work at, at the last minute? So there's yeah. some of that self-sabotaging behavior. And procrastination really is just emotional avoidance. It's like you you have this thing and like it's it, it's affiliated with this negative emotion because it's like, oh, for whatever reason, you know, you're resisting doing it, right? And so Meditation can, I mean, what are we doing in meditation is like increasing the space between the thought and then the action or really reaction because we're in such a reactive state these days, it seems. Um, but it really does give you that, that pause. So then you can, you know, you can have that distance to be like, oh, I'm and recognize like, oh, why did I, why did I suddenly just like pivot to, oh, I need to clean my entire house instead of work on this memo let's do it at three o'clock right like, and then you can be like huh okay and then you can actually like then make a decision from this informed place of being able to see like what's really going on in that moment yeah i, I, I was that. famous for that in college <laughs> if i had a like a very important paper due oh i'm so sorry but i was like i, I would do my laundry like the only time i would ever do my laundry is if i had like a very <laughs> important assignment that was due <laughs> like soon <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry what were you gonna say and that's that's the the and the reason that i find when i do procrastinate and when i have in the past is that it's that fear it's like that it's not going to be good enough it's got to be I, I know my first day at one of my old jobs my boss said here's how we operate around here. If it's not perfect, it's wrong. And so that's also another tyranny that, that we do operate um, under. And you know, if, if you think about burnout, other things that, that are going on in the lives of attorneys that, that other, other than those unattainable standards of perfection, that fear of making mistakes, or what about the fear that I made a mistake 10 years ago and we just haven't found out about it yet? 
Or what about the financial pressure that so many attorneys are under right now? And I, I just wrote an article recently for the ABA on the topic of student loans. And in the course of my research, I ran across something I, I really hadn't thought of, is the mental stress that young attorneys are under because of the exorbitant student loans and then as Becky had pointed out to me in another conversation, is then the job insecurity. I might, you know, now you have to go to big law uh, to, to be able to pay off all of those crazy student loans. That's, that's so true. I, I, I personally have student loans, um, but I didn't go to three additional years of law school um, to get more student loan debt. Um, but I, 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 I'm sitting here thinking well, while you're talking, um, and I want to, I want to get sort of, uh, your, your verbal perspective on how can you recognize when you're experiencing occupational burnout? Like what are the signs? Um, how can you recognize it in yourself or maybe a colleague or a peer? And, um, and then I'm, I'm afterwards, I want to know like what we can do about it. How can we start working to better ourselves and, 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 and ultimately improve? Well, that, and, and first recognizing it yourself, that's a really difficult proposition. And then when it's pointed out to you, not denying, going into not denial, that is another, another issue. I, I wanted to, to, to bring that up. But if you, if you think about what, what, what do we look for in ourselves? Feeling exhausted, you know, depleted energy, feeling just not interested in work anymore, like, gosh, you mean I have to go to work today instead of getting up and feeling excited about going to our job? Um, not even interested in like your hobbies or things outside of work that used to bring you pleasure. Sorry to interrupt, Cynthia. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is what we do. Um, uh, converse. And, There's no and, such thing as interrupting, okay? We're all <laughs> talking over each other. Good. We've, we've, we've established that. Um, uh, like reduced productivity, you know, sitting down and saying, I don't really want to do this, not missing deadlines, you know, health wise, then if you, if you look at, I'll tell you, when I moved, I moved to DC when I was 21 and I was, uh, had finished college and moved to DC to get a job. I was by myself. I was going to go to law school the following year. For six months, my stomach hurt. I had horrible, horrible pains. I was having headaches. Well, little did I know that the sleeplessness and all of that, that it was really burnout. And, um, you know, combined with some other factors. Now, the doctor that I went to told me to get a dog. Um, that, that, that is not quite... Okay. Well, that may be helpful. It's it didn't really uh, it wasn't feasible, and it didn't necessarily help with my uh, with the stress. And but you did get a dog. Not until much later, and I do have. Oh, okay. A dog now. 
And, and I can okay. assure you that that dog does help me stay in the present moment. Me too. Me too. Okay. So, so Becky, we, you know, you and I were discussing earlier about then if the burnout goes untreated. So, of course, we want to see burnout treated. But if it goes untreated, just the other kinds of conditions that it can lead to. Yeah, it's just so interrelated with, you know, these, now we have attorneys obviously kind of always have, I think, chronic stress, but now we've got the chronic stress of the pandemic, right? And then, you know, just dealing with stress caused mental illness, but then also some of us have, like myself, have like recurrent depression, right? This is something that we're just going to potentially deal with our whole life. And, you know, that's exasper exacerbated by this. And then, um, to the point, you know, that you had said before, Nick, about just not having the coping skills, you know, things we're not trained in law school about. So people not having the coping skills to then effectively manage this in the moment. And then that's why they're turning to substances. That's why we're turning to alcohol, you know, like binge eating, all of these things, like social media addiction. Like it's, it's, you know, something we can seemingly control. It's a distraction. Um, and so that's exactly, you know, what we try to do with the legal burnout solution is like, hey, like, let's focus on some healthy coping skills. And it doesn't have to be, you know, big things. Um, we get that attorneys are very, very busy. Yeah, we're very busy people as well. Um, <laughs> and so that's why we try to make, you know, the practices that we focus on really like bite size and manageable so you can just integrate it you know into your day into your schedule just small things and then also just exposing people to practices so they can find something that resonates with them um because it really is like you know different strokes for different folks like i always you know i'm a certified meditation instructor and i always have to combat this idea of like what it is to meditate and I have this idea in my mind of like the monk sitting in perfect silence and stillness like not moving and doing silent meditation for like 20 minutes and yes like you know that's a that's a form of meditation that's great but for someone like myself who you know like has trauma in their history like sitting not moving for that prolonged period of time it can actually be kind of counterproductive and so we just really try to you know give people these practices and that it's ultimately you know the formal practice supports the informal practice which we always say is you know you come here you come to the mat as it were this training this routine and that's going to support your ability to then be mindful the rest of the time. And I'm sure Cynthia has a lot more to add about, you know, what can we do to combat burnout specifically? Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, as you, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But I do want to have one more, um, I do have one more thing to add about uh, detecting burnout is there's actually a test that you can take. There's an assessment and it's called the MASLAC, M-A-S-L-A-C-H, Burnout Inventory. Now we are in the process of putting a lot of these assessments on our website so do check back from time to time because there's so many great assessments 
out there. And I was interested to find that um, uh, that really Maslach had created uh, this concept many, many years ago. When I first met Becky, she's the one who told me about then the World Health uh, Organization in 2019 uh, officially recognized uh, occupational uh, burnout as a, a real syndrome. And so it's not just, it is something that, that you can measure. Um, you know, in terms of what else that, that you can do, Say the first thing, phone a friend, and uh, and you know, sit, just sit there and have a conversation. It's really a difficult call to make, and so it could either be a friend, or if you just don't want to talk to somebody that you know, there are so many confidential uh, resources out there. I know Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers. It's a national nonprofit, but there's one in each state and uh, they do a really, really nice job there. Again, it, it is confidential. And, and, and you know, if you're, if you're worried about reaching out to people, don't you think that they know there's something wrong? Um, when, I, when I went to rehab, I checked myself in. I drove myself there. And on the way there, I called like 25 people to tell them, you know, I'm disappearing for 31 days. And people, frankly, were surprised. And then my first day my or like within the first few days in rehab i got 11 letters and the other women there were saying how did you get so much mail and we don't get any and i said well did you tell anybody that you're there here and they're like no and I realized they, that they didn't because of our culture of shame. And I think that if you could rise above that in yourself and make a call, that even to, even to somebody that, that you look up to, that you would be very surprised that most people have some sort of story of their own, a story of challenge, or they have somebody else in their life who has been challenged. They've got issues. Professional help. We're all certainly, we, we love being a resource. One of the resources that people use, um, we're both all about therapy. Um, I'm not currently in therapy, which doesn't mean that I won't be again. Uh, well, and when, you know, I, I've been in therapy for so many years in the past that, you know, I've, I've accumulated a bunch of tools. And so we're, we're all over that. Um, and also, most importantly, start taking care of yourself right now, today, because you are the most important relationship in your entire life. Um, Be Becky and I each have our own routines, which, you know, I know Becky will want to share what, how she manages her day. I have my routines and that is both physical and mental. 
this means setting aside time for yourself. It's setting aside time for your relationships. Um, I, I am still, even though I haven't practiced law in over 10 years, I'm still a hard worker. I like to work. And recognizing that in myself, I actually make dates with my husband to go hiking on a Friday afternoon. I set aside the time. Um, and, and of course, look at your sleep schedule. What time do you go to sleep? Uh, what time are you, are you going to bed for the night? Do you, are you turning off the TV early enough? And, and it's, it's not going to surprise you at all. Then I'm also going to recommend that you consider a mindfulness practice. Uh, some of the things that, um, I mean, we're talking specifically about attorneys here, but this really applies to everybody. So what are the things that, that people can do in order to you know, combat burnout and, and, and feel better. Okay. So Cynthia and I are huge proponents of what we call radical self-care. Um, I want that term to go viral because I mean, it's really kind of like maintenance, like daily maintenance. And it really is like this, no excuses, just treat this as a responsibility to yourself. You know, it's interesting. Like neither of us have kids, but you know, we have dogs. And you kind of think about it like, okay, if your child, right, if the doctor came to you and said, hey, your, your kid is um, facing some, like, chronic levels of stress here, like, this is really concerning, like, you know, this is, this might be negatively impacting their ability to do their work, you know, like, connect with their peers, um, going to impact, you know, their digestion, their sleep, and, and, you know, here's, like, some five minute like breathing exercises that you could do every day that could really help combat that. Um, I think every parent would be all over that, right? So why can't we have the same level of respect and care for ourselves? Because that's what something I hear constantly as, you know, what is the biggest hurdle or impediment to doing a mindfulness practice is we hear, well, I don't have time. And when I hear that, what I'm hearing is, I'm, I'm not prioritizing this, you know, I'm not making the time because, you know, the ultimate irony is that if you meditate, then it actually can slow down your perception of time and then you're going to have more time. But, <laughs> but I think for us just really treating it as this duty and this responsibility and, you know, obviously like people are, I, we get it. You're, you're very, very busy. Um, but you know, it's incredible, I think, and we do, in our community, we do do practices like loving kindness and things to show, you know, kind of how it's like, okay, like you can have this, it's so natural and easy sometimes for us to have love for other people, but not for ourselves. Um, and as Cynthia said, and we always repeat this, you know, you are the most important relationship in your life. Um, so for me personally, I, you know, as Cynthia said, we meditate every day together, same time, you know, we schedule this time, we honor that appointment. Uh, when it comes up, you know, we don't, oh, I, I want to do something else. No, we honor the appointment, the commitment, just like if it were, you know, think about your responding to your most important client, right? Your most important client sends you an email, like, I'm on it, right? Okay, you're your most important client, guys. <laughs> it that way you know like 
oh, like your body is, you know, like sending you this signal, like, wow, my neck and my shoulders are really tight. Dude, that's the email from your most important client. Hey, I need attention. I need some, I need you to like, you know, stretch. I need you to, to get some movement in your shoulders. I need you to get up from your computer for a minute, right? Um, so we have those scheduled meditation times. I also incorporate gratitude in my day. So beginning and ending my day, just when I wake up, you know, just taking a moment or two and just running through things, you know, being like, I'm so thankful that I'm here right now, that I have this moment and here's a couple things, you know, that I'm, I'm grateful for and thankful for and just like sitting with that feeling of gratitude and just putting myself in that, in that state of mind in that frame of mind to be in it in my day. Um, also the, and we really emphasize this in our community, but mind-body connection, as we start, you know, stress lives in your body. So we really emphasize trying to build bodily awareness. And I know for Cynthia and myself, we are religious about getting some physical activity in. Um, Cynthia is like a soul cycle addict. Uh, I, <laughs> I am a Les Mills on demand addict. <laughs> So we are like, you know, we really get in that at least 30, but most likely way more, probably, you know, over an hour a day of physical activity, of stretching, of yoga, but just really treating that again as like, this isn't, oh, this would be nice if I had time for it. Um, you know, for me to dovetail what Cynthia was saying about therapy, like that was so transformative for me. Like understanding these mental health concerns that I'm dealing with, not because I'm trying to throw myself a pity party, but because it's like, oh, now I have this understanding and awareness of how my brain is like, you know, wired differently. Like I have ADD, like I am dyslexic, like, you know, and understanding like, oh, if I don't do this physical activity, like with my ADD, like I'm not going to be functioning well. I will literally not be able to, to think well. Um, and so again, just like, Religious radical self-care, <laughs> I love the term radical self-care. I am putting it, hopefully this lines up. I am putting it in the thumbnail. I hope that this works. Uh, but it's going to go right here. Radical self-care with, with you guys. And, uh, and I so relate to getting the email, right? From there's a, there's a man here who I'm very good friends with. He's an awesome guy. He owns the company. It's him and his wife. And, uh, if, if he texts me at any time before midnight, I respond. And it could be as, as friendly as, hey, have you seen this? Check this out. Or it could be, you know, SOS, emergency. I'm going to respond to that. Um, but it, it's almost, and it's like you said, it's, it's, you know, you have this important relationship with yourself and, and ultimately you can't do any of the things that you want to do effectively if you're not taking care of yourself the best but you'll get the signal. My shoulders ache. I have headaches. My stomach hurts. Um, these are all things I have also suffered from. Um, and it's like, oh, you, hey, I'll take some antacid. Oh, I'll take some Advil. You know, like very physical solutions to, to clearly some, uh, some, what do you call that? Physiological uh, symptoms um, or psychosomatic symptoms. Psychosomatic. That's what I'm going for there. Um, and, I think, and, and this is kind of like a corny cop-out, uh, like, you know, uh, kumbaya to this, to this podcast, but it's important to have these conversations 
and be open about what you struggle with because other people think that they're alone in this. Um, and I know for me, when I hear people talk about the struggles that they go through, um, like a, a good example is, is Cindy, you were, you were, you, you said that you were also in recovery. I wasn't going to say I was in recovery. I was sort of nervous about it. Um, but when you said it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of comfortable. I can say that, that I also am in a 12 step fellowship. Um, and it takes away the terminal uniqueness of what we have going on in our heads. And we're able to, you know, see working on ourselves as a viable solution. So I know that that's a very cop out, like, uh, like Michael, Michael Scott and Oscar arguing, and that's why America's a great country and blah, blah, blah. And then he thinks he wins the argument. If you're office fans, you get that. Um, but, uh, I, I do, I want to ask you guys specifically for, for the legal burnout solution, you're, you, you two together, what are some of the services that you guys offer? Well, uh, Becky, why don't you tell about the community because that was your brainchild. Sure. So as we mentioned, we launched uh, this online meditation community. We built it as an online meditation community for legal practitioners and those who love them. Uh, I guess the joke being that there are people who love attorneys. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> and so when we started it, we over the summer, we had it just like open and, and free. Um, and we reached attorneys in over 13 states. Um, you know, we, we had attorneys participating from Canada. Like it was pretty incredible um, to see the reach. And so through that, we've just continued that community as like a, a paid service, although it's hilariously cheap. It's like, works out to like three bucks a session so I get it it's as close to giving it away for free as we can get pretty much <laughs> but you know we really just want it to be this accessible thing for individual attorneys like I'm sure Cynthia will talk about you know some of our organizational initiatives and, and working with law firms and bar associations to kind of uh, bolster implement like a comprehensive wellness initiative but you know the community and the community we envision as, you know, a part of that, but we definitely want it to be something that's accessible for attorneys. And, you know, as we mentioned, we all use apps. My go-to app is Insight Timer. Um, but we've just really found that having the set schedule and having the time on the calendar and also the external accountability of all these people that you practice with all the time, it really gets people to actually honor the practice and do it. Um, so yeah, that's one of our services. <laughs> In addition to the community, we have our continuing legal education programs. We have, um, they are, let's see, we have uh, the company that we have them up with right now. Uh, we're accredited in 17 states on demand. So we have a mindfulness uh, session that's up there. Uh, we um, also then are doing our second CLE. We have four that we've outlined that we're producing. The second one is being launched on New Year's Eve. And um, why, why don't you, Becky was the, the Becky's our creative one. So what, what did you decide to name that one? Oh, cheers to a mindful new year. <laughs> So that's the substance use disorder. And then with, then with the CLEs, 
with the mindfulness community. And then we also have, uh, we just had our first quarterly retreat and uh, it was very successful. We had a great time. So you can expect every quarter for us to have a retreat. But each of these products, we also do offer at the institutional level. So we, we have individual clients, but then we also have law firms and bar associations who have been actually hiring us for some pilot projects. And it's interesting, the, the ABA has, has launched an initiative in 2018 on attorney wellness, and they have 187 signatories uh, wow. so far to that campaign. And so we're working with some of those organizations as well. I love it. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do have one final question that I want to get in. Um, for anybody listening to this who made it for whatever reason all the way to the end or is seeing this as a separate clip uh, because I, I can already see, I can already see Joe, the producer working in the background, you know, with his hands in it. Uh, he's like, the, he's like a puppeteer of me. I'm, I'm, I'm on the strings. Um, but what would your, <laughs> I'm so weird. What would your message be to any, any legal professional or any person right now that's, that's listening to this, um, that is dealing with, with, with real stress and depression and is just seeing it overwhelm their work and their personal life. What would your message be to them? You're not alone. And decide today to take charge of your own life because your most important relationship is with you. And most importantly, don't forget, just, just breathe. breathe. <laughs> That's that was pretty good for zoom. It's very hard to sync up noise. And I got to say on my end, that was very synced up. That's our, in our community, the just breathe. That's our uh, closing line. And so as we, and I'm the one that closes us out. And so together as a community, everybody says when I say, and don't forget, and everybody goes, just breathe. So so that, that would be my word of wisdom. Just do it now. Just now. Are you sticking with that? Yeah. Mine would be you are enough and you don't have to feel like this and it will take time uh, and it may not be easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. I love it. Two, two great messages that, that are, um, inclusive and uh and let people know that there's there's a way to improve and that there there's a community of people out there if if not this one then somewhere else um but we're we're pushing this one baby um so i i just want to thank you both so much this was an amazing conversation um really enlightening even to me um and and for anybody watching or listening on spotify or anything below are the links to the legal burnout solution uh, website, the CLE courses, the all of the resources, they're going to send me everything that they have, everything that you could possibly need, anything that was mentioned uh, is going to be uh, below in the description. Um, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. Nick, I have a question before yeah. we close. Yeah, should sure. We, should we meditate together really fast? You down? I'm down. How, how fast? <laughs> oh, I mean, do it like Five minutes, seven minutes.
I'm down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Oh, I'm nervous. You're nervous. <laughs> I guess I am throwing this curveball. This was not scripted. Ever no, since. none of this is scripted at all. I just have a <laughs> bunch of questions, but okay. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to invite you now to take a comfortable seat wherever you are. And just go ahead and close down your eyes if that's comfortable for you here. Just roll your shoulders back and down. Sit with a nice straight spine here. Almost imagine a string coming out of the top of your head, lifting your spine nice and long. Just allow your feet to ground into the earth here. Rest your hands, palms down on the tops of your thighs. Before we begin, let's just go ahead and take a few deep cleansing breaths together. So go ahead and take a deep inhale through both nostrils, really fill up here. Inside out the mouth, release. Just sit with that. I'm gonna do another deep cleansing breath together. Feeling that full 360 expansion all the way around your rib cage on your inhale. So go ahead and take a deep inhale in through both nostrils. That full body expansion all the way around. Inside out the mouth, release. One more deep cleansing breath together. Exhaling. Imagining yourself of toxins or negativity or anything that doesn't serve you in this moment. So go ahead and take a deep inhale in, really fill up, feel that expansion. And then side out the mouth, release, let go of that toxin. Let's just take a moment now to tune into your physical body. Becoming aware of how you feel in this present moment. Noticing any physical sensation that you might be experiencing. Now bring your awareness to your breath. Everything normally here. Just notice and observe the quality of your natural respiration rate. How slow or fast you're breathing. How deep or shallow. Now bring your conscious awareness to your state of mind. And without judgment here, just notice and observe how often your brain produces a thought. If and when a thought 
inevitably arises, just witnessing it, observing it from a distance, but then ultimately letting the thought go. You can imagine it drifting by you on a cloud, down a stream. Just ultimately, thought to pass us by as we remain in these moments of peace and stillness in between breaks. Knowing that this is a place and a feeling to always return to anytime we need. When you're ready, you can slowly make your eyes open and come back. Thank you, Becky. Nick, normally what we would do at this time is then I would ask people to process. We each have journals. We write in our journal, and then afterwards we have a group discussion about the experience. Obviously, we're not going to do that today, but now you've had a taste. We can hear what you're definitely a professional. I'm going to, I'm going to put it that way. Um, that was, I was just like meditating with, with my, with my headphones on in my app. And, uh, and I almost feel, I feel strange that I just meditated at work in the middle of my day, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm very relaxed. I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you guys if you would have me in the future. We would love to. Look, please join us. We'll send you an invitation. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that was a really shortened version. I was just, yeah, I'm just freewheeling. Yeah, but it was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, normally in the community, we... We do that whole like tuning in to, you know, body, breath, and mind, and we'll have people tune in before the technique, do the technique, and then tune back in. And then as Cynthia said, you know, do the written processing. And we've just really found that it's just really helping people cultivate, you know, this awareness of the effects of the practice because, you know, we sit here and talk all the time about how beneficial meditation and mindfulness is, but when the rubber hits the road, we found that we just need attorneys to just experience it for themselves. Guys, again, thank you so much thank you. for we being on the show. I, I had a great time with both of you. And so did we. So, yeah. so good. So good to chat with you. And of course, it's always a pleasure to be with Becky. <laughs> well, likewise. And no, it was really fun, Nick. And yeah, I, we're going to send you the info. We'd love to see you in the community. So awesome. We need some male energy in the community. I got you. Okay. Good. Bye-bye. <laughs>